ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to the basement Friday, man. The coolest podcast <laughs> on the planet. But it's yours truly, man. The one that's always doing the most, keeping the fade close. Mr. Suave City himself. Mr. Funkadelic Jones. It's your boy, Aaron Funasetti. We're back for another week of Basement Friday Podcast, and we got some interesting topics for you today. All right, so we're going to get into our five-minute rant. You know how we usually do. So I know you want to say something, so the floor is yours, Sir Funginess. Mr. Producer. <laughs> Mr. Producer. What in the world do you got going on here, Mr. Producer? All I'm saying, I, I need somebody to help me to understand. Like, this man, oh, I'm in the meadows. Peaceful-ass background do we got going on here. It's, Windows, it's Windows XP. <laughs> can y'all imagine, imagine signing on to your computer all you see is a cutout picture of my man Aaron on your background? All you see is just... <laughs> you just gonna see somebody smiling. They're like, look at them. Not even oh, the background, just bro. taking up all the space. You know what, America? I bet you that's what Aaron background looking like. It's just him. It's just him with the clouds. <laughs> he got cut off. He got hey. the green screen of himself. Hey, look, look. You got the laptop, right? It's the same thing. No difference. Oh, my goodness, bro. <laughs> somebody, somebody make this a GIF file. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, I just want to say, personal, man, appreciate all you guys, man, for always rocking with the Basement Friday, man. You know, you can find us everywhere on all social media platforms, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, whatever fits your convenience. You know, me and my man, the me and my man Aaron definitely keep up with the analytics, so we definitely always find new ways to improve, you know, new areas we got to target, so we always doing research, you know. I'm always heavy in the marketing, you know. I got Sometimes you got to go old school with it. Sometimes you got to be out there just trying to get the podcast out there. But enough being said, enough being – enough of all, you know, our good – appreciations because we always appreciate you we gotta get into today's word today's ghetto gospel but first uh -uh. we need a five minute rant Aaron, what do you have <laughs> okay so here's the thing i'm about to shake the table with this one right oh, oh. Oh. i'm about to shake the table with this one so i went to a supermarket oh. right not going to list which one i'm gonna just say i went to a supermarket <laughs> so I went to a supermarket and I went in a store and I wanted to see, I'm looking online about how people feel about these masks and situation. I wanted to see if it was hype or if it was real. I went in the store without a mask, right? I went in the store without a mask just to see what would happen. They put his hands out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing. I'm going to give y'all the whole play-by-play, -play, all 15 minutes. So I'm shopping, walking around, you know, looking around, doing my stuff, doing my thing. Here's the thing. Here's the truth. I'm expecting somebody to say something. I'm expecting the staff to get them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting me to get SWAT on and handcuffed and all that stuff and thrown out by staff and uh, other people shopping there. Nah. People did not care. They weren't even paying attention. They looked at me. They was just like, alright, whatever. I had people talking to me. They was just like, oh, cool, cool. Okay, good. No one cared. I was in the store for 15 minutes. And then that's when a guy came up to me. Didn't even confront me. He just said, hey, you need a mask? I was like, yeah, let me get a mask. So he went to the back came and got me a mask. So I put the mask on, you know. I, I just wanted to have that little experiment to see what happened. But everything that was happening on social media, I don't know, because I was in the black neighborhood, you know, white people may act different, but nobody cared. It was nothing. Will I do it again? No, because I don't really care. You know, I just go in the store, put my mask on, 
leave the store, take it off, get about my day. But I just wanted to see what would happen. And no, I wasn't attacked. No pitchforks over here. People got to understand, man, like going into white white neighborhoods, white stores versus going to black stores is a whole different vibe. It's a whole different Because <laughs> you, I can tell you like this play by play, not to like, not to like downplay any of our stores or whatnot. But half the time, the workers don't even want to be there. They don't. They look at it just be like, look, he ain't got a mask on. They're like, fine, I don't get paid enough to be asking this man to put a mask on anymore. <laughs> I don't get paid. they like, I don't get paid enough. <laughs> like, literally, if you go into them white stores, if you go into them white neighborhood stores, they'll be that joke like, sir, I, I need you. Let me show my do rash rate. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I'll be that joke like, they'll be that joke like, sir, you didn't have a mask on. They'll be like, hey, fine. Can you go to the you know what? I don't get paid enough. Next in line, please. No, no, no. I don't even care, bro. And that's the thing. You think you're gonna get evil looks and nose turn up at you? People didn't even care. They were looking at me, they're just like, all right, whatever. I'm here to shop for what I'm here to shop for. Nobody cares. Because we don't care, like black people do not care. Put the mask on, but we're not about to be in here fighting. We're not about to be in here fighting. Right. And we're not about to be here fighting and trying to tackle you to put a mask on. Like it's not that serious. I mean, you know the policy, you know the rules. They got them. They got them plastered on every door when you walk in the store. Mask is required. Like, but am I going to hunt this man down because he don't have a mask? It ain't that deep. It's not that personal. Look right. at everybody. Look at look at somebody right on toes. You guys ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Right. Not wearing masks. I wear a mask because I had to. I just try to avoid, like I like trust. I never did that kind of experiment. I just try to have my mask just to avoid, because it, it 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 all depends on what store and what area you went. Yeah. Okay. It definitely depends. Like where my job at that CVS next door, they kick your ass on the heartbeat. Hey, you need a mask. Absolutely. They won't even let you slide in that job. They won't even let you just be. You can't even do that. They're like, nope. You gotta go get a mask. Like it's it's been times where uh I was out and about and I I honestly forget you know I'd forget and I did the shirt thing I went into a, a convenience store and I I did because I had to use the ATM I uh forgot it and I had to do the shirt thing and he let me in I was like okay cool liquor stores definitely don't care they just like <laughs> they just like my match. Come here and get what you about to get. <laughs> they don't care, bro. Right. They 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 really don't. Now, it's time for me to speak my piece. It's time for me to do what I do. It's time to it's time to let me pick y'all brain a little bit. Let me get into my security bag on y'all right quick. Cause pick what I seen the, what I seen the other day was just mind blowing in the six years that I've done security. Six long years when I seen this, this blew my mind. Uh-oh. So mind you, I don't know. Let me let me give y'all a little street street tip hustle. Don't say Funkadelic recommends you to do it because I don't I don't do it. But for everybody that knows, uh detergent, deodorant, um detergent, deodorant, air, uh, air freshener. Like dish soap, all those kind of things, they are they are a hot commodity on the streets. I'ma just keep it real. So, oh yeah, like t-shirts and underwear and all that stuff. So when you see people boost them jumps, when you see people sell them on the corners, or you see them at selling in front of grocery stores, all that stuff is stolen. With that being said, let me go ahead and speak to you one time. So I seen some young dudes, right? They stole out of CVS. They legit had two things of, of laundry detergent, and they had about eight, maybe ten dish, uh, by some dish soap. So they got bagged up by the cops, right? The cops let them walk. I was like, all right, cool. Long as you get my stuff back, I don't care. Why one of the dudes going to argue back and forth with the cops and say get, he wanted his stuff back? I said, my man, let me ask you something. Help me understand something. See, you you, you young Thundercats today be trying to prove <laughs> how gangster y'all are. At the end of the day, the cop let you walk. You walk. 
No questions asked. <laughs> okay? No questions asked. You walk. Like he wants to get black like, man, give me my stuff back. Give me my stuff back. But you notice how every time he was getting gangster and the cops was coming to him, it was, give me my stuff back. <laughs> give me my stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> you notice he kept walking. He just kept going backwards. I was like, I was like, nah, boss. I said, you supposed to be tough. That ain't gangster. Nah, you're not gangster. And see, here's another cardinal rule for me. Right? Here's another cardinal rule. For all you, for all you, like, granted, you don't like to see nobody steal out your store. Understand all the stuff that gets stolen out of store is insured. I get all that. But rule number one for all my employees that try to be heroes, don't be the hero. Because I'll be trying to say that about that girl next door at the CVS. Because every time somebody steal, she the first one running outside after them. I said, first of all, lady, if you get your ass dropped, you can't blame nobody but yourself. She be like, your officer, he's stealing <laughs> I mean, that don't like, see, that's how people remember faces. Uh, that, that's my five-minute rant. Today's ghetto gospel. <laughs> uh, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so don't steal. Guys, do not be the hero. I know you've seen it on social media with that girl. She got invited to the UFC a couple matches, but that don't work for everybody. Some people get knocked out trying to stop thieves. I, I trust me. Even me being lost for pension, I didn't go toe to toe with shoppers. I never did hands. You know how like people, you know the security at Target and Walmart and Nordstrom. They go, they get physical with people. Right. Well, I'm not throwing down nobody. I'm not throwing down somebody over a speaker, a TV, a vacuum cleaner. I'm not throwing down nobody for that. Nah. Nobody in that joint. Like, they keep my vacuum cleaner. Back. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who's doing all that? No, I'm nobody. <laughs> nobody. Jesus Christ. Definitely. But you heard it from me, guys. Sometimes do not be the hero. Don't be the hero. Mind your business. <laughs> like you be that I was like, ah, I'm Ray Charles to the Nah, all right. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna get into our first topic today, and we're talking about money more specifically we're talking about investing you know last episode we gave you a little sneak peek a little topic that we was talking about and we dived into it today we're diving even deeper so here we are damo i know you got experience soaring funky enterprises mr money himself wall street there there we go Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, we Wall Street, Funky Enterprises is in full effect. At the end of the day, what are we gonna talk about some money? Hit me with a question, hit me. All right, all right, so first of all, I gotta start with the basis. When did you start investing? What was the beginning of your path to investing? I wanna say 2015, I had a brother, a manager, coolest brother on the planet. I never, I've never, like I get a dual credit to this day. I never ever seen a department store manager sit an employee down and go over investing numbers. That just blew my mind. Cause I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. Being on the podcast, like I'm, I'm gonna be straight up with y'all. I always thought I thought investing was some rich white people stuff. Like, because again, you I remember going to school. That's what, the, that's what the stock market was taught to us. It was never taught to like capital gain, like you can build money off this. It was always made, to, it was always taught as like rich white people, like, oh, rich white people buy stocks and stuff, like, <laughs> or buy stocks. That's why I was looking like, what the hell is this? But when I, I heard a brother break it down, it was just like, and you do this and you do this, then you get this Roth account. I'm sitting there looking like, wait a minute, <laughs> a Roth account? Mm-hmm. A traditional IRA. I was like, whoa, whoa. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much at one time. But that made me really sit back and start diving. Like, that's why I was like, because at first I started doing E-Trade, but my E-Trade account got closed, y'all, because they recommended you to have $500 in your account just to keep it open. 
I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I wasn't broke at the time, but damn, five hundred dollars to throw in your account—that was a lot at the time for me. At the yeah. time, that was a lot. So I had to find something else to to use. That's why I kind of landed on Fidelity when I was like, they don't recommend that. They don't require that stuff. So my path has kind of always been like up and down. You know, it's always been like the consistent learning more about it. When to pull like when to pull out the stocks. When to sell when to add more, because even when you think about back in like March and April, when the stock market was really going down, I was about to get nervous. I was like, look, I'm, I'm, about to do, I'm about to do like most millionaires. I said, let me pull out all my assets so I can at least keep my money. But instead, you know, I was just like, nah, I'm going to just ride this out, bro. Nope. I said, keep, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. I was just, th- I was just, give, just still throwing money in there, Jones. Yeah. When when most people when most people seeing like like you having you having a stock you having something that's at a hundred dollars worth a hundred dollars a share and don't get cut down to like sixty you just looking like man I'm about to <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to pull pull all my money out this is whole 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 fast but nah sometimes it, with stocks and stuff it's just is a it requires a lot of patience right you know but. My investing strategy is kind of changing now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of changing where I'm not, it's not that I'm not heavy into stocks anymore. It's just more like, you know, I know everybody you know what Acorn is. Mm-hmm. The little spare change, you know. I just use Acorn now at this point. I use Acorn. I just drop $5 in there. They take money out my, they take both. Actually, I put, five, I put $5 invested and I just put like $5 towards my retirement. And I just I just let that joint go. I don't even check that joint because basically what the acorn is. If nobody know acorn is, they basically they basically take your spare change and they let you invest that. And if all people know when it comes to money, every dollar, every little cent matters. I don't give us pennies, quarters, nickels. It don't matter. So if you want to invest my spare change and hey, here you go. You take these five dollars and I will go about my day. And just watch your money grow. I'm just saying, that's, that's my investment path. I mean, I still got a lot of work to do, but I'm on some different entrepreneurial stuff, though. Take away, Okay, so from, uh, I, I, I guess I could give my background. Uh, my started a little earlier back in 2006. Um, I remember when I first got into middle school, it was this class that was after school. And the teacher, he uh, had a stock market program. So I've heard of stock markets and the only experience I had was MSNBC, CNBC, watching the ticker sign crawl across the screen, Jim Cramer yelling through the screen, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. And with the class, I was like, oh, this is the stuff I've seen on TV. Let me try to get into this. But to follow up with uh to follow up with the situation, Sar Funkin has already told you uh his experience, how it seemed like it was a white people's thing to invest in Roth and IRAs and stuff like that. And it reflected in that uh class, the program, because not much people in it. Not many people were in that program. I think it was only me and they had to fill a quota. Uh, the school had to fill a quota. They had to have at least 10, 15 people for it to keep running and it never got past two or three. So eventually uh, he stopped doing it and that was that, but I would go home and watch MSNBC. I didn't know what anything meant. I just know I was interested in it. I just seen the little charts go up and down. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. And moving into the future high school, uh, college is when I started to get more active, when I started to actually put money into it. Uh, And I looked at it and around 2012, 2013, I opened up a bank account and I went with TD Ameritrade. Because uh, I read up on them and I was like, okay, I'm going to just go with them. And the first ever stock I actually bought was Tesla. Tesla was my very first stock. And I held it 
and this was when it was 30. And then that's when I held it. I actually forgot my password to TD Ameritrade. So I didn't even acknowledge the account for years and years. And then I remember Tesla getting bigger, bigger. And Tesla got to a point to where it was $1,000 a share. Now, I only had one share. And I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute, don't I have a TD Ameritrade account? So I'll try to find my account. Uh, when's your birthday? The security question. So I opened up an account. I had $1,000 in there. But fees, <laughs> you got to count for fees. Fees take it out. So after all the fees and stuff like that, I was left for about like 700 So I took that out. I was like, eh, that's cool. But that was my first experience with stocks and things like that. Now, I want to ask you a follow-up question. Listen to your story. It sounds like you're more passive when it comes to Acorns, your investment strategy. Um, do you think you would still be passive or do you think if you had the time to the freedom, the time freedom, you will become more active and actually uh, determine what's how on your own or rely on stock twits and other streaming services that offer stock information? Mm. If I had the time, well, I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to say if I had the time because you always got time. Mm-hmm. You always got time. Don't don't ever let nobody say, "Well, oh, I don't have time." You always got time. But if I really if I really dove more into it, then hell yeah, you know, man, I would be I would download uh, the the stock like the stock app on my my on my iPhone. I would. I would be on like all these, these twit stocks. I would be on all that stuff all day long. But I feel like I just don't do enough research. Yeah. You know, man. I guess it's because I be trying to do others. I be doing so much other stuff that I don't really put that much time into. Uh, I don't really put that much time in the stocks because I'm not even going to lie to y'all. You know, I know Aaron might do, he might dive a little bit more in the stocks than I do. My time, a lot of my time is marketing. That's what a lot of my time is. You know what I mean? Like trying to like trying to market the podcast, trying to market uh my projects, my YouTube channel. That's what I do. That's where a lot of my time is. When I'm not at work, that's where a lot of my time goes. So Monday through Friday, you know what I mean? I'm I'm working my day job, I'm marketing the podcast, I'm marketing my job. Come weekend, I might do a little bit of marketing work. That's where, you know, that's where a lot of my time goes. But if I really dove more into, like, the stocks to really see, like, the like the bear and the bulls and all that stuff, if I really dove more into it, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll probably be a bad dude on Wall Street. I'll be a bad dude on Wall Street. They call me old funk, old funk at Wall Street out here. You know? <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just my, my time being, be, it's, it's be, my time and my focus being a, a whole nother direction. So, I, I'm gonna just keep it real with y'all. It's not that I don't got the time to do it. It's just I'll be focused on other stuff though. But if I if I really dove in it, hell yeah, I would though. Okay, so basically, I want to get into what happened in 2020, of course, the pandemic and things of that nature. And people have been finding more time to get into investing across all avenues. And most specifically, they've been getting into the app Robinhood. And I know you're mm-hmm. familiar with the. Uh, app Robinhood been around for a couple of years. Mm. I want to know: uh, Are you familiar with Robinhood? Have you used it before? And two follow-up questions on that: With the stocks that you hold, what is your the best stock in your portfolio, and which one is the worst performing stock in your portfolio? Well, I got rid. I, I sold a lot of my stocks to pretty much um, help me get to where I am right now. So I, you know, I just had to get a little boost, but, um, so I only got one stop right now. I only got one and that's a uh, uh, Shopify. That's the only stock I got right now. I'm just holding on to it. You know, at first, if, like, before that, my best stock was Amazon. And like my worst stock was, uh, what was my worst stock? Hmm. I think my worst thought was probably like uh, Capital One, something yeah. like that. I think that was like my 
my least worst stock or something like that. That was like my worst, but I got, like I said, I had to, I had to make a move with all those. That was back in like quarter, that was like back in like quarter two or quarter three. So I had to clean house a little bit, kind of help me get to where I am right now. You know, hey, it's quarter four, might I get a fresh start? You know, might got bring some new, some new people, some new, uh, new stocks in. And uh, hey, you can go. We can just go from there. Like I like I tell people, everybody investment is a lot different. I know I don't know what a lot of other websites do, but Fidelity lets you invest by the dollar. Because I'm not like let's be real with you. Amazon shares is like twenty eight hundred, almost three thousand for a share. I just gave Amazon a hundred dollars, and I was just watching it grow. That's what I do. I invest by the dollar. I don't. I don't got three thousand dollars to give Amazon for one shit. You know what I mean? That might take me about ten years to be like, all right, now Amazon is ready to give you one shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I gotta get my my investments back up though. I still got my one uh my one my one stock, and plus I like so between Fidelity and I got Acorn, kind of let my my money stack up a little bit slow though. That sounds good. That sounds good. So I want to say uh, what you were referring to is fraction, uh, fraction investments yeah. where yeah. you don't have to invest the total amount. You don't have to have three thousand dollars. OK, don't have to give Mr. Bezos all your money. You could just give yeah, him yeah. however much you want up uh, at minimum a dollar. And that's how a lot of people are doing. It's a good introductory thing. And I know that I believe. Uh, Charles Schwab do- does it. Uh, Fidelity does it also. Yeah, yeah they do. And TD Ameritrade does not do it because they're total losers. But uh, Robinhood uh, got around to rolling out that feature also. Uh, for me, uh, as far as the app, I use just TD Ameritrade and Webull as far as stocks concerned. Um, one point I want to make before we uh, move on to our next topic. Uh what would be, I know you gave advice early on, but mm-hmm. what would be your biggest advice uh, to people who are just learning in 2020 and want to make the money and do their things and get into a position? What would be before the biggest you, piece of advice you could give to them? The biggest piece of advice I'll give anybody, before you, before you invest $1 in any company, do your research. And I don't mean do your research on that company. I mean, do your research on stocks from top to bottom. You know what I mean? That would be the biggest thing ever because anybody can just dump money in the stocks, but it's more to like, people just think, people just think it's just put money in stocks and let it grow. No, it's more to it than that. Cause trust me, the guy that I was learning stocks from, he was trying to tell me that too, where he was just like company split, your money, I was like, company split. Like, it's, it's a lot of more research you can go to. There's a lot more research that goes with it. It's a lot of more digging and diving that you can go to it. And trust and believe, that's why I say before you even start, do your research. Because best believe you can probably be a, a better investor than I was. I'm going to be straight up real with you. All right? Because at the end of the day, if I had did my research and be like, well, if I buy this kind of shit, maybe, you know, did I hold on to this kind of shit because this is the type of turnaround shit. You know, it's a lot to investing in just, all right, I'm going to give them my fraction share and I'm going to just go about my day. It's more to it than that. I learned that the hard way. I always, that's what I thought it was, just like put a little fraction into it. Up, it's going up, up, it's going down, up, it's going up, up, it's going down. Nah, it's, it's, it's way more. You know, you may you may see your share progress, you know, from January to June, your job might progress. You might be like, all right, I'm going to throw some more in. I'm going to throw some more money into it. Then from July to November, that job is just declining by a second. Now you just like, do I pull do I pull my money out? Do I keep do? Is, is it just a drought? Like it's a lot. It's a lot behind the scenes that they just don't know. But say that's my biggest advice. Please, 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 before you invest, do your research. Most definitely. Uh, my piece of advice is the same thing. 
due diligence, do your own research, because there are a lot of people out here you can give recommendations from, you can learn from, but at the end of the day, they have their opinions and you should have your own opinions. Uh, not everybody's 100% right. Even uh, Warren Buffett lost out on the airline stocks, the rise of the airline stocks this year. So just do your research. You heard it here. Just do your research. You know, there's plenty of information on websites like Investopedia all across the internet. You have plenty of websites to choose from. And the best data starts now. Now, I have a question. We're on the topic of investing. I'm, we're going to leave it right here for a second. You know, you be like us being investors. Well, you know, I'm a semi-investor a little bit, but us being investors, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. If, you know, you being an investor, what kind of business, what, what type of businesses would you invest in? Like you personally, you know, whether it's like a, like a home, like is it an up and coming business, a local business, like somebody like you want to be a silent part. What type of businesses would you say, you know what, in earn mind, just be like, I want to be a part of this. Let me be a silent, a, a silent partner. Let me help get this business off the ground because I just see the vision with this business. What type of businesses would you invest in? Uh, I can start with the ones I have now. A lot of, uh, most of the ones are Fang with the exception of Facebook. Uh, Fang, F-A-A-N-G, uh, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, which is Alphabet now. I will invest in strong, strong businesses. Businesses that have, still, uh, that have gone the test of time. For me, I'm an opportunist. Uh, this year, I've got into a lot of airline stocks and mm -hmm. just paying attention to what's going on in the media. Don't have any fear. I know we had a, a situation with the virus and the stock starts selling off. And the best thing to do in that situation is dollar cost averaging because everything always rebounds. And technology, technology, like you said, Shopify, technology is going big. Zoom is a good company. Uh, they've been doing good. I would say this to answer your question. The biggest thing you can do is to look around you. It's the simplest thing to say, but the biggest thing you could do is look around you. If you had a stock like Chipotle, Chipotle crossed the thousand dollar mark. Now you have to ask yourself, why did they go across the thousand dollar mark? Because everybody in a pandemic stuck at home they want a quick meal and they're using uh, Chipotle, one of the best restaurants to go restaurants that you can get takeout. Uh, you, companies that make sense. Uh, you can do uh, you could do Facebook, but that's at your discretion. I know Snapchat for a long time uh, wasn't something recommended, but they rebounded this year. Why? Because a lot of people start using Snapchat. So my biggest things. Anything in the technology sector is good. Anything in the technology sector. Uh, the gold mine is pharmaceutical, but it's risky because it's only because we're going through the virus that a lot of those pharmaceutical companies uh, are rising. So anything is tech is good to go. Green, uh, energy, that's good. So let's, 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 take, let's take all the, the, the top big franchises like like Apple and all. Let's take them out of the equation. Let's take stocks out of the equation as well. Let's take let's take like the 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 mom and pop shops. Let's take those companies right there. Let's take up and coming like film companies and stuff like that. You know, because we know somebody in the filming business. You mean like, like let's say like like let let's just say let's say he came to you and just said you know hey Aaron um you know I'm 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 got this I got this filming company. You know, I'm trying to get it, get it off the ground or I've been working on a couple of projects or maybe you even seen a couple of projects mm -hmm. and you just sat back and said to yourself, like, I, I see the potential like this. This can be the next like Lion Gate. This can be some something up there, up that ballpark. Right. You know what I mean? Like this or oh, this man could be the next like 
Tyler Perry. We ain't talking about wearing a dress. <laughs> we ain't talking about wearing. But just as far as like somebody who who legit just came from the independent scene. What would would you in would you be a silent partner behind that? Behind uh, those kind of projects. As far as like uh, funding the companies and funding. Yeah, the like business. helping funding and all that stuff. Would, would, would you would you would you invest in that? Yeah. Okay. I would most most definitely, uh, you know, and that's something that I want to say quickly to a lot of people. Angel investing is something a lot of people can get in. And shout out to my pals over at Republic.com, where you can invest as little as fifty dollars. I want to give a quick shout out to my homies over there. And yeah, you can definitely invest in a lot of companies up and coming. And I actually have a list and what I look for in companies that I want to share. Oh, please take your time. <laughs> okay, so every time I look for a company, I always ask the simple questions. And before I ask the simple questions, I look at their uh, pitch deck. For people who don't know what a pitch deck is, it's basically a slideshow. You know, mm -hmm. everybody's done slideshow with they had a percent. It's basically a slideshow of the company. So what you do when you're looking at stuff like that is you want to make sure you're good when it comes to analyzing. You want to make sure you have a due diligence checklist. And for me, uh, my checklist is traction. So basically what traction means is what kind of growth has the company seen? Are there other investors involved? Maybe they're big investors, maybe they're small venture capital companies, anything like that. The business model, how does the startup make money? What is their path to making money? What are they all about? How do they do it? Can they do it? Is it sustainable? Things like that. Market, what advantages do they have over competitors? Like if you were uh, a company, right? And you had a competition, mm -hmm. how would you take advantage of that? How would you make sure that you come on the top? Because when you start a business, it is a competition. People mm -hmm. want to be friendly, but it is a competition. You have to make sure you're the best. So you have technology. How is technology used to solve the problem? What kind of technology do you use? Do you use uh, media marketing strategies of now, or are you more grassroots type of thing? So you have the team. Uh, does the team have smart visionary founders, a good team, and experienced advisors? Advisors are people who come on the board and lead the team with experience. And the team, if they're in technology, if they're starting a technology company, you want them to be in tech. I mean, you don't want to have somebody start a, a technology company, but the only thing they know is sports. You know, you need someone with tech experience to be on a team. Maybe they graduate from school. Maybe they have a startup. Those are things. So fact checking. Is the information presented in their pitch true? Because anybody could say anything. They could say, oh, yeah, we met with this person. We met with Bill Gates. We met with Tim Cook. They loved us. We've been all over these magazine covers. But as investors, your due diligence is to look through the website, look through uh, the pitch deck, look through the uh, press, and see if everything they said backs up and it can be verified. So... You want to make sure they're not liars because nobody likes a liar. Uh, terms are the valuation cap and other terms appropriate when the startup current stage has traction. Basically, valuation means how much the company is worth. Uh, you look at the market, you look at the value, you combine numbers, how much they want to raise, the percentage, and that's how you get your valuation. Okay, so the last one, actually not the last one, we have one more. Uh, runway, does the startup have enough money to survive without the funding campaign? Basically, runway is just an easy way to say money in the bank. So if you, how much money in bank does this company have, they, they can survive. A perfect example is COVID. Uh, the pandemic shut down a lot of small businesses, shut down a lot of big businesses, medium-sized businesses. And the problem with a lot of them is they didn't have a lot of runway. 
they didn't have the runway to sustain themselves. So businesses that are still thriving, if you see mom and pop shops still open, that's because they have runaway. They have money in the bank to be able to steep the to keep going through tough times. So the last one, I promise, is the last one, is value proposition. What service does the company offer its users? So basically think of any company and think of the service. You might look at Amazon. What do they do? Uh, they take, you know, things from makers and they send it to you. eBay uh, is a peer-to-peer e-commerce website where anybody can put things up and sell it to other people. Uh, McDonald's restaurants, they sell food. So it's looking at what they have to offer the people and can see, is this going to be big? Is this visionary? What is their five-year, 10-year plan? You have to ask that because some companies may be big now and gone tomorrow. And the thing about startup investing is you never know. You just never know. It, it really is gambling. You never know what's going to be big. Everybody can go back in time, say they can invest in Tesla, they can invest in Amazon, they can invest in this and that, but you never really know. So at the end of the day, due diligence and you have to go with your gut. That was well, that was well put together. He got a whole, <laughs> he had a whole piece and all that good stuff. But no, nah, man, I mean, I can respect his way of doing it. Me, I'm not going to lie to you, but it really came from my perspective. Like the big companies like Amazon and all them, that's cool and whatnot. But I'm investing in the neighborhood, though. Right. I'm going to take that risk and invest in the neighborhood. Like that's me personally. Like that mom and pop shop, I want to see them thrive. Like, whether they got one in the cor- on the corner in one in one part of PG, I want to see y'all open one up in DC, or I want to see y'all stretch it down to like Virginia somewhere. Y'all got three three shops in in the DMV. Y'all might get stretch it up to Baltimore. I lo- I don't know, but I want to see I want to see those mom and pop shop thrive. That's just me personally. But you, you know, have to look at this as. The mom, every big business, uh, mostly with restaurants, started out as a mom and pop shop. Yeah, most, most of them did. So it's a good way to get in front of the game, ahead of the curve, I should say. This, this one might be, you know, I know a lot of people might look at me crazy saying this might be a risky one for me, but I would invest in HBCU sports. Let me tell you why. I know, I know how much of a capital, how much money NCAA makes. You know what I mean? I know how much bread they makes. So, and to hear this, to hear this dark narrative about oh HBCUs ain't nothing but party schools. But I look, but I sit back and I do all this research, and I sit back. Well, you know, I, like I said, I'm a sports dude myself, but I sit back and I look at these schools like Duke. I look at schools like Texas. I see them generate all this money. And I'm saying to myself, well, if they if the big fish can have it, maybe the little, maybe the maybe the little guys can have it. Maybe, maybe they can generate their own wealth. Maybe I could be the dude behind the scenes, just like, hmm. If if, if Duke can bring in 200 million while these struggling schools, these struggling black schools only make because it's it's because when I seen this, it was mind blowing to me that. Schools like University of Texas, schools like Duke, makes more money than every HBCU combined. I said, that's crazy. Right. That's crazy. Like, all them black schools combined only make like 30, maybe 40 million. 25, maybe at best. I don't know. You know, but you look at schools like Duke, they bring in 300 million. They bring in three, 400 million. And I'm sitting there asking myself, our schools need to be on that level. Get them black schools. I know I didn't go to college personally, but I see all these rappers. I see all these. I, I see all these rappers, and I see all these these actors give all this money to these these big these big corporations, big schools. These big no 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 no. They don't need our money. They don't need our money. Time to give it to the little guys. And maybe maybe like that stigma, maybe everybody saying like, well, they don't go there because they don't got this, they don't got that. All right, here I go. I'm, I'm, in, I'm investing because I see it. I'm investing in it. You know what I mean? Because I see I see that future that they got. Like, look at all this talent over here. It's not being shown because they don't got no TV deals. Look at all this talent. 
that they don't got because of oh they 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 stadium look like a football look like a high school football field. When you go when you go to one of these big schools over here that you be looking like damn. Is that an NFL stadium? No, that's college over here, right? <laughs> so like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this supposed to be college? They just don't big. But I would invest in stuff like that. Like, me giving to the neighborhood, you know, it, it, it really matters. Because I know there's somebody in that neighborhood that's going to shine. Somebody. And all it's going to take is that one that one thing to just be like, you know what? I see, I see your vision. You know what I mean? I, I see your vision. Like somebody just becoming like, like somebody having a filming company. Like I can legit, I can legit help them build a whole headquarters just in their backyard. But in their whole neighborhood, just be like, you know what? I, I see your vision. Like this, this right here is for me. So that's why I say for me personally, I'm going to take that risk and invest in the neighborhood. Like no disrespect to like Amazon and Facebook and all the tech companies, but I just know it's somebody, I know it's somebody down in the little fish that probably building that next super app. That next, they becoming the next John Singleton, like you rest in peace to the goat. But I know it's somebody down here that got it. Right. All they waiting for is somebody to like to just help them to back them up just a little bit. A little push. Just a little push. All right, so basically, uh, we have so many different ways to invest that we didn't even cover. Uh, we have real estate. We have so many different ways. Uh, alternative, uh, alternative investing. So what I want to do is I want to leave it to the audience. I want to leave it to the people, our listeners. What ways of investing do you want us to copy? Because if you enjoyed this conversation right here, you could please let us know in the comment section below on Facebook, on Twitter, on social media, face, uh, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment right there. We definitely going to watch what you say. We definitely checking in and whatever you want us to talk about, we're going to bring it up. So we're leaving it to the people. It's so much to cover. We'll be leaving it to the people right there. So what we're going to do, you look like you want to say something right quick. I'm good, man. That's, that's, I leave it to the people too. We people like people chance, people choice out here. People like I say definitely, definitely like I said, just let us know, you know, what you want to like what like like my man said. I'm I'm not gonna repeat all that, but like my <laughs> man said, just like what like just let us know and we definitely got y'all covered, man. Y'all know we were like if y'all ever ask us anything, we definitely will respond. Y'all know that, man. Definitely. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to our next topic. And this is something that's been discussed on social media uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. We have DeVell and we have Kadeen Ellis and they have the Deadass Podcast. And on the latest episode, they were talking about monogamy. And DeVell posted this question to his wife. And he said, not verbatim because I can't remember. He basically asked her, why did she pressure him into monogamy if he felt like he wasn't getting what he need sexually? So she basically gave her standpoint and the videos online and we aren't going to go too deep in it, but we're going to give you the gist of what said. And she said, if she knew that it was going to be like that, she would have second guessed marriage. And it poses the question, do you think he was wrong? Do you think she was wrong? Because I know we both seen a video. Uh, what is your opinion on what you've seen, what you heard through that video? First of all, I'm going to say I'm going to start. Off, I'm going to start off. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm start ladies first. I'm going to start with ladies first. She was definitely wrong for saying that. If if you don't, you got to. It's not about what you say. It's about how you say. For you to say, for, for her to say, if I knew it was going to be like this, I would have second guessed it. That's kind of like a, if I knew this, I probably wouldn't have married you from the jump. You know. But for my man say, you know, he said he felt like he was being pressured. Like, mm -hmm. he felt like he was being pressured. Now, granted, ladies got a standard, brothers. Ladies got a standard. Y'all got to understand that. But 
here's here's why before you get married, understand like before you jump the broom, before you put the ring on the finger, this is why living with somebody matters. This is why oh, this is why you're supposed to get all that stuff out of your system matters. You feel what I'm saying? It matters. I normally, I normally got like the, the three, five, seven rule. That's what I normally call it. Like three years, like three years, then you say, okay, this is the person I'm going to be with. Five years, that's when y'all might get engaged. And then the seven, and then when y'all reach that seven year, y'all might, now y'all talking about marriage. That's just my, something I came up with. And I'm not saying it's a foolproof plan. Don't judge me. But, <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me. But for you, for like, like, you're not getting everything you need sexually from her, or you're just getting, not getting everything you need sexually from your wife. Understand this. Things do change as you get older. You know, Definitely. you get older, things do change. You know, you can't, you don't have the same, you don't have the same sex drive as you had. If y'all, if, you know, if y'all was, if y'all been dating since y'all was 22, 10 years later, you're 32 now. You, you notice how, like, you know, the sex drive is, is just not the same. That's why a lot of relationships, a lot of married people, as they get older, they got to learn to spice things up because it's kind of like the, it's like, eh. it's like the drive is not there no more. It's not that they're not attracted to the person. It's just the simple fact that it's just, it, it, it don't, it don't excite me. But see, this is why I always tell people, like, the beginning stages is most of the time when I'm gonna just be straight up real. Just get it out your system. Just get it out your damn system because in your earlier days before y'all get married and all that, yeah, y'all can do the wild thing, do the freak nasty all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you get married, that's not your priority no more. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you want you gonna do it every once in a blue moon. Yeah, you gonna do it. You know, special occasions, anniversary, Valentine's Day, you know, it might be harder if you got kids. Sure. But that's why I say when you when you younger, understand this, get it out your system. Cause when you get into that, when you get into marriage, understand marriage is a lot different. Like I don't I don't I don't understand what Slim is trying to say because it's like he makes it seem like, yeah, I got I got pressure in to marry you. Now I'm just not getting enough sex. I mean, like, bro, you gotta help me understand something here, bro. I'm like, like, see, oh, I'm, I'm gonna let you go because I'm, 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 I'm still trying to process this here. Okay, so from this situation, uh, there are ten years married, a whole ten decade, years. ten years, time. and they have three kids. Three. So with, I'm going to echo what you said and things change, you know, when you're young, you're 26 and you're young, you're virile and you're ready to go and rah, you know, you're a young tiger, <laughs> you're, you're bunny rabbits, you're jackrabbits. I'll tell you. Everything you think is going to go, how it's going to go, does not go the way you think. So you might sit here and be like, oh, we're going to be like this once we 40s and 50s and 60s. Nah, nah, because things change, people change, and there's a lot of adjustment that comes to marriage. And from his standpoint, I can see what she's saying because they did, uh, uh, they, they were living together mm-hmm. before uh, they got married. And she basically said that she didn't want to still do that she didn't want to be in that position where you're living together because she didn't want to keep shacking up she wanted to be official she wanted to be married she wanted to do things the right way and they did things the right way they got married then they had the kids with his standpoint uh i I, again like i'm i'm confused because it's taking account that hey she was a jackrabbit 10 years ago. I expect her still to be a jackrabbit. And that's that's not the case. People change, you know, especially after you start having kids, people change. And I know some women out there, they might get insecure. Their bodies look the same because when, you, when you're pregnant, 
your body changes and you might sit here as a woman and say, I don't want to show my body to my husband. I don't feel comfortable. And fellas, you have to understand it's a woman thing. You can say, oh, baby, you look fine. You look great. I love you just the way they are. But they have to believe that. They have to feel beautiful. So all you could do is make them feel beautiful in that. And with this situation, know what you're getting yourself into. If you know your partner may not be as compatible in this situation as you are, and you have to really gauge, can you go the distance in this area sexually? Can you go to dates? Can you go the distance in this area emotionally? Or are you still going to be on the same terms when it comes to just talking about stuff? Because people change, people break up a reconcilable difference. It basically means we grew apart. So I see from both perspective, but I'm leaning more towards Kadeem in the situation. Yeah. My, it, that, that whole second guessing thing kind of bothered me a little bit, but I get what she's saying though. I definitely get what you're saying. And this is what I try to propose to a lot of people. Like when I see it on social media, like they post all this freaky stuff. I'm like, yeah, you might be in a relationship now, you know, y'all just having fun. Y'all just doing the wild thing, freaky stuff. Yeah, y'all always coming over, sneaky links, all these different wild things. When you get older, it's like that stuff don't excite you no more. So of course it's kind of it's gonna be like a like me, I'm 27. If I had a girl that was the same age as me, or maybe, you know, I do got a, a, a dating like minimum like 20, like two, three years. You gotta be so this old. 20, 25, <laughs> like 25, 24, that's about my ballpark at this point. But if, you know, if we in, if we in the, the early stage, like, yeah, you know, I see her every day. I got my own spot. She always coming over. You know, we always doing the wild thing. We always doing the nasty, whatnot, cool, whatever. But it's going to be like that, that. That will be in the back of my mind, too, to be like, I don't want you to just keep coming over here. And we just keep like, no, like, is this going somewhere? Right. You know what I mean? Like, is this going somewhere? Because if it's just us just shacking up, doing a wild thing, and then like, okay, I'll see you next week. You spend a weekend with me or you over here a week and then cool. It's kind of, that kind of makes it seem like the, like the relationship is not going nowhere for real. It just seemed like y'all just trying to have fun and it seemed like he feels some kind of. It seemed like he feels some kind of way that just like he got prepped, like she trapped him in a sense. I'm like, bro, you knew what you was getting into, but you trying to trying to he trying to make it seem like she, like she trapped him. I'm like, bro, like you gotta understand, like she's not that same person she was. She said they 36. They not she not that same person that she was at 26. She's not the same person. And I'm talking, y'all got kids. <laughs> like, y'all got kids. Y'all be thinking about family stuff most of the time. Family trips, school plays and projects. Now you feel, what you feel sometimes with? It was like, man, like, I'm, a, I'm, at this, I'm at my son's football game. I ain't got it in. And like, God knows how long. It be like that as an adult. So you can't really sit there and be like, well, I mean, her sex drive is not as high as mine. What do you expect, bro? She got other responsibilities. When you're 26 years old, no kids, it's just you and her. Yeah, y'all might got your own place, but y'all responsible. What, what responsibilities y'all got? The only thing y'all gonna do is go to work. Y'all gonna go out, like I said, y'all go to work, y'all come home, y'all go, go out on a date, y'all come back, do the nasty. Boom, problem solved. I'm and, you, and you got to uh, you got to factor in when you have kids, it's not the same thing as when you were 26. Uh, it's not the Thank same you. thing as when you were single. You know, you can do it just anytime you want. You know, you try to get some quickies and you try to sneak some time. Some kid bust through the door, wants you to get him some apple juice. Some kid bust through the door, you know, you in the middle about to finish and next thing you know some kid busted the door because they fell off the bed and 
Now they need a Band-Aid. It's stuff like that. It's interruptions like that to say, hey, welcome to parenthood. It's not just you two. It's a whole family dynamic that you got to keep in mind. Now you have to adjust to that. And it's not like, oh, I want it when I want it. And she might say, oh, I want it when I want it. But it's not when you want it. It's about when the time presents itself. You know, you might have a situation where if, you know, you live near the grandparents, you might say, okay, take them for a while. We're going to go on a date. We're going to spend some time together. Or, you know, you find sometimes when they in school, but if your schedules don't link up, you know, because you're working, your schedules don't link up. That's another factor. Uh, For me, again, I'm leaning towards Kandine on this one. I get what he's saying. You still want to be in that situation where, you know, you're getting the good, but you got to adjust to life. You got to try to plan some stuff out. So at the end of the day, uh, know what you're getting yourself into and understand that as you grow, people change. In 10 years, it may not be the same thing. So, you know, things might change. It might get better. I put it like this, though. I mean, this might sound crazy coming from me, but for my man, Devolve, you sound a little selfish to me. I'm I, I, I can I'm, see that too. I can I'm see be that straight too. Up, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you, Mo. You I can see that too. Selfish to me. Like, you sound, you just like, well, like, she she not giving it to me when I want it, or I wanted uh, this amount, like, I want it four or five times a week, and she don't. I'm like, you sound selfish right now. That's what, that's how I'm putting I'm putting it straight up because, okay, okay, like my man said with the kids thing, it may be nice where you. All your kids sleeping in the bed with y'all. Yeah. What you gonna kick everybody out? <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't just be like, all right, you go get back in your bed. Get back in your bed. It's like you, you like you sound, you sound just a, a smidge selfish, my brother. That's why I say I kind I'm kind of leaning on to it. I'm leaning on her side with it because she didn't, she didn't trap you. Cause that was the one thing he kept trying to make it sound like he's like she trapped him. Was like no, she stated what she wanted. She stated from the jump that she was just like she wanted marriage from you. Mm-hmm. You make it seem like I got married now. I can't do it no more. You know stuff like this. Like that's what you were trying to make it sound like. She like it's like she she took she just like took your sex drive from you. Like she just keep that shit on yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it could be stuff where, you know, she might only want it twice a week and he might want it seven. You got to compromise. You got to have it in the middle. Got to meet in the middle with it. Maybe three. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Like, things change when you become adults. Okay. Definitely. Like, like I said, me being, me being 27, if I look back, 10 years now when I was 17, you know, man, you know, I, I had a girl at 17, but if we, if, if we was shagging up at the time, her mother didn't like me, by the way, though. <laughs> her mother, her That's mother a whole story, me. guys. That's a whole story. We're not going to talk about it, but <laughs> her mother didn't like me, though. But if me and her was shagging up at 27, I mean, at 17, let's say we had a kid at like 20... Like 22, 23. By the time we reach, I'm 20. Like by the time I reach 27 now, even even as young as 27 is, of course your stuff is still going to change because why? You got kids involved. There's different things in there's different things in a way. There's different. I don't care if you got one kid. He they got what three? Yeah, they got three. I don't give you got one kid. At the end of the day, like once you become parents, you gotta understand like things are going to change dramatically. Things are going to change, so you can't sit. There, I'm not gonna sit there and blame her and be like, "Well, you never give it to me anymore." Like, yeah, you sound I, like I, you know, I you never like, do that thing I like. You never do that thing I like. <laughs> You know that thing with the strawberries? <laughs> you know that that thing that thing that spin around and do a 360? You know, man. Remember that thing we did when we when we was 21? Remember the tro- Tropicana special? You know what I'm saying? You know, but and you just sound mad, you sound mad, like you just sound mad selfish though. hundred yeah. percent. So 
I don't know. I, I, I'm agreeing with her on this one. Yeah, I, I got to take a side. Sorry, DeVille. You got I mean, you can't be selfish. But anything you want to say, you know, with our topics we talked about today, you got any final words for the people? I ain't got, I ain't got, I don't got no, no final words. Only thing I can say is know what you're getting into, know your partner, and definitely expect change. And you can say that about both topics. I would say best thing too, always expect change. Especially, especially when it comes to come to investing up, like it can go up and go down. You lose money, you gain money, always expect change. When you get in a relationship, it may start all, all go up, day. go down. <laughs> as, as you get older, you know, things change. It ain't as fun, it ain't as fun, lovey dovey. It's more responsible, focus, Definitely. you know, family trips always where you don't got that kind of time. You gotta expect change though you feel me that's just part of this is part of like marriage and having kids hey man shout out to dad life <laughs> shout out to coming shout soon to coming soon you know all right but we're going to get up out of here another week in the books it's your boys aaron fornicetti and you're truly mr fun with Deli jones and we are out of here peace Gone. <laughs> <laughs>